0: Hello. (laughs) Hello. It's it's Heather. It's me. Um, I'm alone. Well, I'm not alone. And like, I don't feel lonely, but I am alone right now because this is a solo episode of my podcast. And yes, I did miss a podcast last week. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with missing a week. I don't need to do this uh every week, all the time, forever for the rest of my life, and you're just going to have to be okay with that. So if you are really upset that I missed a week, uh please email me. But honestly don't, because I don't I don't need to hear that. Um, there is an air conditioner going on behind me, so I don't know if you can hear that, but hopefully it's not too disturbing. Anyway, um <laughs> so I'm currently in uh, Portland, Oregon right now. I'm doing some shows, um, which you should know about because I did talk about them on previous episodes of this podcast. And all of my show dates are listed on my website, UnrulyMuruly.com. I know that's shocking, but it's true. And tonight I will be doing... I'm just going to plug these shows up top. Why not? So tonight I'm at 8 p.m., I'm going to be on a show called Standing Up at the Ape Theater believe that's in uh, northeast Portland. And then later tonight, I'll be on Al's Den in the uh, basement of the McMenamin's Crystal Hotel in downtown Portland off of Burnside. So, you know, those should be fun. I've done comedy at Al's Den before, um, but I did have a set last night that I wasn't happy with. So (laughs) I need need to rework uh, the order of some of my jokes, which I will be doing. Um, so yesterday I went to some uh, vineyards. I am staying with a very lovely uh, friend who's been nice enough uh, to welcome me into her home. You know, unlike uh, you know comedians in Los Angeles who are uh, backstabby, um, fake. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not talking about anyone specific. Maybe I am Maybe I am talking about someone specific Maybe I'm talking about you I don't know who you would be I mean if if you're a guilty person Then you know Maybe you would Maybe you would um, Feel I was talking about you But anywho um, Yeah so I'm staying With somebody who is lovely enough To allow me to be in her home Okay Which makes it um very helpful for me because stand up comedy does not pay a lot and i am not independently wealthy i know i do live in a luxurious studio apartment in south los angeles california which is hot it's very hot in the summer and you know sometimes i lay there in the heat sweating profusely and i just think yes this punishment does fit the crime <laughs> You know, I should be making more money. If I was making more money, I would be in a nicer area, I guess. But Los Angeles is so expensive. I mean, the fact that I'm able to live alone at all in Los Angeles is pretty miraculous. A lot of people don't do that, and and I'm really bad with roommates. I'm very, um, I just don't want people to talk to me when I come home. So it's very upsetting to me when somebody. You know, as as soon as I walk in, they want to talk to me, or they want to ask me how my day was. I have zero interest in that, and I don't want to tell you how my day was. So, sorry about that. I can't have roommates. And in college, like, I kind of had, like, some roommate incidents. There was a girl who I was... She wasn't my roommate, but she was my suite mate, which means she was in the other bedroom. And, um... Me and... Another girl in the room We didn't like her So we made fun of her a lot And she knew (laughs) So I just, if she's listening I mean, if she is listening She's definitely listening out of spite Because she definitely hates me So I just want to apologize to her And I know she does live in the Pacific Northwest So if she's interested I hope she comes to my shows tonight (laughs) Very self-serving still, see Um so, yesterday, um, my host and her boyfriend took me to a couple of vineyards out in, um, I guess it's south of Portland. So, like, southwest of Portland, there's like a ton of vineyards running along the Cascade Mountains here. And I was like very surprised. I didn't know that Oregon had such, um, like such a huge amount of wine country, but we went to a few a couple of vineyards and um, did some wine tastings. I did buy a bottle of a uh, sweet rose uh, to bring back to Los Angeles to enjoy in the hot hot heat. And let me just say I'm not a day drinker, okay I like I do think I may have a problem with alcohol. <laughs> Which I keep telling my therapist, I'm like, I think I have a problem with alcohol, and I tell her like, you know, certain things that I've done, or like, you know, how much I drink. And I don't really drink that much anymore. Like, I I feel like when I was younger, I used to go really hard in the pain. Like, I used to drink probably like five or six days a week, and now I'm probably down to like maybe one day a week, maybe one day every like ten days that I drink, because um, it's just not important to me anymore. So, hopefully, that is um, something that will, you know, be curbed as I get older. You know, less drinking. Except, you know, I've been doing um, TM lately, and I haven't felt the need to drink um, as much anymore, which is good. So, that's helpful. Um Plus, I just, like, I don't know. There's something about, like, feeling drunk during the day that doesn't do it for me. I feel like being drunk should only be at night. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I think being drunk during the day, to me, it's just, like, ugh. Like, I'm not being productive. I'm not doing anything. And I'm just, like, kind of, like, out of it. So, and it, and then, like, later at night, if I have to do stand-up, I feel kind of out of it. If I'm, if I had drink and drunken drinking, drunken. I have an English degree. So I do know words, guys. Um, So I wasn't happy with my set last night. And I'm pretty sure it's related to the day drinking. (laughs) So that's my complaint about that. I mean, even though I had fun, I had fun at the vineyard. So everybody check out. um, So the first place we went was Rex Hill. Uh, It's a vineyard. Yeah, someplace near the Cascades. And it was really enjoyable. And the second place we went was a place called Zerba... Uh, wine cellars. Cellars as in C-E-L-L-A-R-S. And they had some really interesting wines, especially the blends. They had um, something called a wild white. I think it was a 2016 blend, maybe a 2017, but it was super delicious. And it had four different uh, white grapes in it. So I'm definitely an alcoholic if I'm describing (laughs) wine. Wine in that way Should I tell my therapist that? That I'm worried about my my Specific attention to detail uh, To wine It's pretty bad, right? Anyhow um. <laughs> Okay, so I've seen some movies lately And I want to talk about them um, I go to see movies every week But these are just some that I saw recently So I saw Three Identical Strangers Which is a documentary about uh three baby boys who were separated at birth and raised in different families three different families and people are really like freaking out about this documentary because it you know sparks a lot of debate about nature versus nurture and you know like the ethics of adoption and cuz I don't want to give too much away but basically well no that would be spoiling it so there was a reason why they separated all of these boys, okay? And now that these boys are, like, men now, they're, like, older men, probably in their, like, 50s or 60s, you know, now they know why, and they're very upset about it, and I I totally understand that, but I don't know. I don't think it's as shocking as as people want it to be. I think they kind of, like... Really played it up uh, For the doc And quite honestly I have to say I don't think I like seeing documentaries in theaters I don't think it's um, As good as just You know laying in bed and watching it on Netflix And the last Netflix documentary I did watch was about This guy who He basically was posing as like a rich guy And then like selling Counterfeit wine to rich people and it was like, about like millions of dollars worth of like wine, which is like crazy. I mean, it's not crazy, but I mean, I've never been around like millions of dollars worth of wine. <laughs> you know, how could that be? It sounds crazy. Um, anyhow. So that's that. Three identical strangers. I mean, guess, I guess go see it if it's still playing. I don't, I don't know if it's still playing. Uh, the other documentary I saw was, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is the, Uh, Mr. Rogers documentary And quite honestly I was disappointed in this documentary Because it wasn't sad enough Um (laughs) See I really enjoy crying in the movies I think crying in the movies Is my wheelhouse It's one of the things I love to do Um And I only cried maybe once During this movie Which is fine But I was willing to cry more If I had to Um so maybe it, it the, the editing wasn't done to my liking, but I don't know. Maybe there wasn't enough sad music. I think when movies have sad music, you're more prone to, like, break into tears. And quite honestly, I wanted to break into tears, but I think I only got teary, like, once or twice. And then, like, everybody is saying, like, oh, my God, you're going to cry so much in this movie. And that's just not the case. I did not cry that much in that movie. So, uh that is my number 1 complaint about Won't You Be My Neighbor. Even though it it's very informative and it definitely tells you about the motivations of Fred Rogers and just like how pure of heart he was and his intentions. You know, and how pure of heart uh the show Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was. I mean, I watched it every day when I was a kid. You know, I don't know what that says about me. I don't I don't often uh offer hugs to people. <laughs> no, I hug. I hug people. So, yeah, I'm doing just fine. I'm I'm a good person. Okay. What other movie? Oh yeah, so I saw Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot, and this is the true story of um a guy named John Callahan, and John Callahan, he ended up being um a very important figure in Portland. He was a cartoonist, and his cartoons were, you know, kind of viewed as being, like, controversial or too much. Like, the joke of them may have been offensive to some people at some point. Sound familiar? <laughs> anyway, so John Callahan, he's uh, definitely an alcoholic. And the movie starts with him, you know, going out partying in Long Beach, And he meets this guy played by Jack Black. I don't know what the character's name is. And Jack Black, you know, is driving them and they're, like, wasted. And, you know, he gets into a car crash. And and they don't really show the car crash, but they describe it as, you know, they, like, hit a light pole, like, going 90 miles per hour. And John was, like, thrown from the vehicle and he was paralyzed. He was paralyzed um, somewhere in his thoracic spine all the way down And he became a uh, quadriplegic. So, you know, the whole movie is about him, um, you know, becoming paralyzed and then, like, having to accept that, you know. And then how he embraces sobriety. So, basically, the movie is about um, sobriety and, like, staying sober. And I thought they did a really good job of showing that and showing the struggle of that and how it's like an ongoing struggle always. Um, I don't think I've seen a movie that honest about addiction and sobriety in a long time. And it really gave gave me some pause, you know, to think about. Um, And it definitely made me think that I don't have a drinking problem. (laughs) Because there was a part of the movie where he you know, he's he's like in his he has this like battery powered wheelchair that he just like speeds around Portland in and I guess that's how he was known around Portland. You know, people always saw him, you know, going down the street, zooming around and there's a part of the movie where he has this like glass jug of wine and he's just like he's encountered by these like these two homeless guys and they're like, Hey give us some of that wine and he just like won't give it up. It's like a life or death situation basically. Um, so I I don't know. It, it, the way they showed it is just like really, you know, sad. So I don't know. Um, Jonah Hill was really good on that. I was very surprised. I don't really like Jonah Hill's acting in a lot of movies, I he actually disturbs me a lot of the time. But in this movie, he was very good, and I um enjoyed seeing that. You know, because usually I'm like, ugh, him, him again. I don't know. Um, so Jonah Hill did a great job. Hmm. He was, he was, he was John's sober coach. Well, he was the sober coach for a lot of people. And then also Jonah's character was gay. And I think he um, played that with some really interesting choices. Um, I mean, they don't show anything like sexual, but just like, you know, the way his character like speaks about other people and. I don't know. It was a really good movie. And this movie actually made me cry, like for real, like several times, like way more than Won't You Be My Neighbor. So if you need to cry, go see Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot, which is a Gus Van Sant movie. Um, And I am a big fan of Gus Van Sant. I know a lot of people... Um, say that his career has been, like, in the toilet before, but I don't really agree with that. (laughs) And I am actually a big fan of the Psycho shot-for-shot remake that he did. So, I'm a big fan of that movie. Well, I thought Vince Vaughn was really cute in it, so, whatever, sue me. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, just a quick note on something, um... I don't think I'm ever dating again. I'm not interested. I, you know, every time I like somebody, it just goes horribly, horribly wrong. Um, and maybe I need to think about this. Maybe this is a sign that I'm doing something wrong. Um, also, like, the guys that are interested in me, I'm just like, no, like, I don't want you. Like, some of the guys who message me, I, I'm like, shocked. I'm like, do you actually think that you could be with me? I I don't know. This is going to sound so mean, but I so I'm on this dating app called Hinge. And Hinge, I guess like the point of it is that they connect you to people who you have Facebook friends in common with or they you know, it's people who you have degrees of friends in common with. And the people they suggest to me on it, I'm, like, constantly offended. So they matched me with this one guy who, I mean, physically I can only describe him as Slimer from Ghostbusters. I mean, quite honestly, I have no problem with a thick man. T-H-I-C-C. Because I'm a thick woman, okay? But I don't like a guy who's just, like, an amorphous blob. Um I... <laughs> So mean like I like A guy who works out I really do And I'm Sorry I'm sorry that I like You know a nice body on a guy or Like you know I really like nice Arms or I Don't know like yeah like the Parts of a guy that like turn me on are usually Like arms like forearms Hands and they Can't just like be like blobby Or shapeless like I like guys With nice arms I'm sorry You know Just guys who like look like they work out and maybe take care of themselves That's that's what I like Because I know I know people call me fat and roast bottle all the time And act like I'm like the fattest woman in the world But the truth is I'm not fat And I actually have a really nice body So you know I would like a guy I'm with to also have a nice body I'm sorry if that makes me cunty But it's the truth you know like some of the guys you try to talk to me I'm like really like you don't take care of yourself get away because like somebody taking care of themselves that's a sign that they care you know and I take care of myself not only just by well I haven't been able to work out as much lately but like I usually go to Pilates when I'm able to I usually go to Pilates um, a private Pilates (laughs) session once a week. And, well, I haven't been able to work out as much as I used to because of um, my knee, which I think is getting back to better. I have to go see my orthopedic doctor and see what he says because I have been on restrictions as far as working out. Um, Yeah, but, like, typically when I am working out, I do go to the gym a couple times a week, you know, um, work out. And not, not to mention, like, the mental benefits of it are huge for me. Um, so to me, that's like a way that I take care of myself mentally, or like lately, I've been going on walks um, during my lunch break at work, just like going for a walk for like 20 or 30 minutes is like that's like self care, you know, so I want to be with somebody who also practices self care, not to mention that I'm also doing TM now transcendental meditation, you know, as a form of self care. So anybody who's interested in any form of like, self-care or self-improvement, you know, that's something I'm also interested in. So those are the types of guys that I would be interested in, you know? And, like, this this guy they showed me on Hinge, I mean, first of all, like, I mean, he was an amorphous blob, and he just, like, didn't look, <laughs> he wasn't handsome. Like, I think men need to have jawlines. Sorry for that. Sue me if you think I'm wrong. I don't care. Men should have jawlines. And that's what I want. I want a jawline. Nice arms. Um, Oh, and also, here's the number one thing men should be. Employed. How about that? (laughs) My last boyfriend was not employed when we started dating. He had some idea that he was going to just become a famous comedian. And I was like, well, that's not how it works. And you have to work hard to be successful. And that's not just in comedy, but like... If you're not, I mean, nobody is making money to live off of in comedy in Los Angeles unless you're, like, one of, like, five or six very famous, successful people. So you need to be realistic. Like, you have to have a job on top of your job of pursuing stand-up. And I have, like, three jobs. I have, like, three jobs plus I do stand-up. You know, plus I do all this... Other self-care stuff on the side Which I think is also like a form of work And a form of showing myself That I care about myself And I guess that's the type of person I want But I don't think I've ever met a guy who Well I've probably met Guys who work as hard as me But maybe they're not interested in me Or maybe I'm not interested in them Um, I don't know I want somebody who like works as hard as me And Just like cares Like, I want somebody who just, like, cares about stuff, you know? I feel like I've been with a lot of guys who are... (sighs) They're just, like, mean and, like, dismissive and indifferent to certain things. So, I don't know. Hopefully that'll change. But for now, I'm going to consider myself retired from dating. And the next time somebody asks me out, I don't know, I might get really mad. I might get super mad if somebody asks me out. Especially if they ask me out on Facebook or something. I don't like getting asked out via Facebook messages. Please stop asking me out that way. You know who you are. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Okay. Um, I want to talk about joke theft real quick because i just talked to a friend who was telling me that one of his jokes was stolen and it's very specific like it's word for word every joke was every word of the joke was stolen And I 100% believe him. Okay. But I wanted to talk about joke theft um, because I think there's like a misnomer about joke theft. I don't think people know um, quite how bad this form of behavior is by comedians. It's the lowest behavior a comedian can engage in. And comedians are pretty low to begin with. (laughs) They're pretty low to begin with. I mean, they're usually charlatans, scumbags, alcoholics, drug addicts. And the like, you can imagine what most comedians are like. They're um, they're messy, messy people. So, anyhow, I, I do want to bring something up. There, there is somebody who has stolen a joke of mine, and I know they stole it because, well, they stole it a long time ago. So, it's a joke I used to do in 2014. I know. I know, I'm like a dinosaur. 2014, I was doing this joke. I don't think I've done it probably since early 2015. This person, I'm pretty sure, saw me doing it at a venue in 2014. Then they started doing the joke at the same venue. And I saw them do it uh, one night. This was probably in late 2014. And I was like, that's my joke. And I'm not even saying like, it's not. It's not vague enough to not be my joke. It's very specific. It's very specific. And if they're listening to this podcast, they know what I'm talking about. And, you know, this person likes to play it dumb when they've been accused of joke theft. But they've been accused of joke theft by multiple people. And quite honestly, it's true. They have stolen multiple jokes. And, you know, I'll leave it at that, you know. I mean, joke theft is just, like, the lowest behavior you can engage in as a comedian. And if you do it, I mean, you're a POS, like, quite honestly. And you deserve to be punished. But the reason I'm not going after this person is because they're not famous, okay? And, quite honestly, maybe I'll just start doing my old joke again. Um, I'll have to, like, rework it, obviously, because... If I haven't done it since 2014, and it's 2018, I've obviously gotten better as a comedian. And I can rework it now. So, (laughs) whatever. Don't steal jokes. If you steal jokes, we will know. We will know if you stole jokes, okay? Especially if you're stealing, like... Really specific roast jokes. You know, Um, that's another area. Because I do engage in roast battle a lot. And um, if you steal a joke in roast battle, people will notice. People will notice because people talk and people remember jokes in roast battle. So, FYI. So, currently, I want to talk about um, an event that's taking place today. Today is July 27th, 2018. Um, So tonight there is going to be a total uh, lunar eclipse, and this lunar eclipse is taking place in Aquarius. Um, If you do uh, engage in the belief and practice of astrology... I'm here for you because I do follow some astrology. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's like, you know, a belief. I, I don't like when people like say it like that when they're like, oh, these are my beliefs, you know. Um, astrology is just more about, um, I don't know. I, I use it kind of like as a guide. Um, I would say it's like a form of guidance for myself. Um, it's not something I'm like super adherent to but I did want to talk about this um one of the um astrologers that I follow her name is Chani Nicholas and she does have a I'll put the link up on the podcast but she has full horoscopes for the total lunar eclipse in aquarius and this is important to me because Um, Aquarius is my astrological sign and it's a fixed sign. So, um, my sign and other fixed signs, um, will be deeply affected by this. So depending on what your astrological profile is, so that would be your, um, your sun sign, which mine is Aquarius, Your rising sign, which is um, the sign that people perceive you as outwardly, um, is the best way to describe that. My rising sign is Leo. So I think people do perceive me as being very Leo-like in my behavior. Um, Just, you know, very, like, outgoing, maybe, like, a little ego-full, I'd say, uh, showy. Um, And then your moon sign is also affected by this. And then my moon is in Sagittarius, um, so that's a pretty strong astrological profile. So um, I'm going to read a little bit about um, what she wrote um, in her horoscopes post and why this lunar eclipse is so significant. So I'm going to put the link on the podcast. Um, so she writes over the next couple of weeks, uh, Uranus once again brings us significant changes, upheavals, breaking points and breakthroughs. And just to pause right here, the last like couple of weeks, I would say like six or seven weeks have been chaotic for me emotionally. And I think they have been for a lot of people. A lot of people I've talked to have been going through depression and just like emotional chaos, um, And that's okay, you know, that's just a part of like, what this is, there have been six planetary retrogrades happening recently. Um, So if you have felt like weird at all, it, it's probably attributed to that. I know you want to think it's like, oh, it's just because, you know, I'm going through shit. Yeah, you are going through shit. But there is rhyme to reason a lot of times. Because I think people who think that, you know, planets and stars and gravitational pulls, if they think these things don't affect um, certain things, like the tides of the moon, for example, if you think these things don't affect the way humans behave or react or perceive things, you're wrong, okay? (laughs) I mean, you can believe in... And all kinds of other strange things, you know, like Jesus walking on water. But if you if you think that the stars and the moon and the sky have no effect on certain things, because they are, these are like the strongest, most powerful things in our natural world. And they certainly do have an effect on people. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, so Chani continues. Uh, Today, the Sun Square... The sun square to it puts the unpredictable energy of this trickster on overdrive. Last-minute disruptions and overall chaos mark not only this day, but also the days following it. So this is on July 25th. With a total lunar eclipse in Aquarius that is square Uranus on July 27th, Mars is square to Uranus on August 1st, and uranus's upcoming station retrograde on august 7th this planet's impact is pulling focus that is if you can focus on what moves at lightning speed the next few weeks are potent for folks with major astrological placements sun moon ascendant and ruler of the ascendant especially in fixed signs taurus leo aquarius and scorpio fixed signs aren't here to change They're here to solidify, stabilize, and draw towards themselves with the power of their purpose, poise, and confidence. Having Uranus, Mars retrograde, Mercury retrograde, and eclipses all in fixed signs will be asking all of you to stretch yourselves in ways that you usually don't have to. However, it's important to remember that each one of our astrological charts contains each and every sign, regardless of whether or not we have a planet in that sign. The signs are the signs all fall in a certain house or realm of life within our chart, and as the planets transit through the signs and houses in our chart, they bring with them opportunities and demands for us to integrate. Uranus demands change. Mars retrograde demands a review of our actions. Mercury retrograde demands that we be more thorough with our communications. Eclipses demand that we address the shadow side of our life. The houses of our that contain the first couple of degrees of Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius, our hot hotspots for our growth and places where important life events occur. Focusing on the meanings of the houses where the astrology of the moment is occurring is one of the most practical uses of this craft. We are obsessed with signs and their personality traits, but unless we understand where those signs fall in our chart, we only have a fragment of the picture. Reading your rising sign horoscope as a primary source of information can help you to better understand the areas of life that are impacted for you as the astrology unfolds. So then she gives... Um, a review of um, things that are going to be happen th- happening through August 10th as the planets are still moving and um, certain eclipses are happening. Then she gives um, horoscopes for every sign. Uh, so you would want to read both your sun sign horoscope and your rising sign horoscope. So I'll read um, my sun sign horoscope, which is Aquarius. So you want to read this if you're Aquarius or Aquarius rising as well. Um, So this is mine. And this is important because the eclipse is happening in Aquarius. Okay. With a total lunar eclipse in your sign, it is fair to say that this moment marks an important one for you. What you divest from this point in your life is just as important as what you invest in. You are not here to apologize for the way you were made. You are not here to withhold any part of your talent. You are not here to deny yourself any expression of love that moves through you. You are here to move closer to the core of your own humanity and to share the gift of such work with the rest of us. You are here to tell stories of truth and beauty, of being honest, love in the horror of living without it, growth in the pains and joys that it produces. The blood red light of the lunar eclipse articulates what you need to release yourself from, what you have struggled with has taught you much, but at a certain point it becomes unnecessary to keep wrestling the same beasts, at least in the same way. In fact, to hold on to the struggles inhibits you from being able to step into the ring with more appropriate opponents at the stage in your evolution. Any confidence acquired needs to be cultivated so you can move in the direction of more compelling problems. Mine your life for the most interesting predicaments to ponder. As Mercury stations retrograde, it asks you to review the relationship dynamics that get your wires tangled. This is no time to pretend that things are working between you and another if they aren't. When you invest in unpacking the problems you face in partnerships, you'll get to discover the deeper deeper meanings of your unions. We are attracted to others by means of hormones and the healing we know we need deep in our bones. To get the benefit of one and not the other... It's an opportunity missed that is a betrayal of the body and soul. Holy shit. Okay, and that definitely describes something I'm going through right now. I I feel that I am in the process of breaking out of an old pattern and an old habit that needs to be broken. And I just need to embrace uh, coming out of that, no matter how painful it is. Because I have been in a lot of emotional pain lately. I've been very... Um, Sad And tearful and upset about something that's been going on So I guess I have to um, move on from that And take that as a lesson So if you are interested in reading Chani uh, Nicholas's um, horoscopes I will have the link on the podcast So, you know, I guess that's it I think I'm going to go see the new Mission Impossible movie which is very important to me. And then later tonight I'll be performing stand up comedy in Portland. Uh yeah, tonight at eight PM I I'm at the uh the Ape Theater. At ten thirty PM I'm at Comedy Night at Owl's Den. Uh tomorrow night I will be on Becky with the Good Jokes at Funhouse Lounge, followed by Owl's Den again at ten thirty PM. Then I will be on I'm a Leave You With This at midnight, back at Funhouse Lounge uh, then Sunday night, no shows. Monday, I will be on a show called Optimism at the White Owl Social Lounge. And that'll wrap up my shows in Portland. And then I'll be back in Los Angeles starting on Tuesday. Um, You know, continuing to work. You know? Because that's what I love. I love to work. <laughs> I love to create meaning with my work. Which I think should be the theme of this podcast. We're going to create meaning with our work. I think that'll help. Um, okay, so take care of yourselves, guys. And um, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Fixed Air Heather. And um, yeah, if you like the podcast, please rate and review on iTunes. Any five-star review helps. Uh, any review helps. So um, please help me out with that. Okay, you guys have a great, safe weekend and taking the lessons of the lunar eclipse with pride and strength. Have a nice